Good morning, everyone. Awesome. So we are in this series right now where we're talking about our church values together and uh, our together values. Huh? Uh, and so we're, we're talking about this idea that we have at Restoration Church that we are a people that is going together. And there's a number of things that we're going together in doing. We're serving, we're praying, we're doing life together, uh, we're, we're celebrating together, all these things. And we're trying to, you know, wrap our minds around what is it that's so great about our church, because there's a lot of cool things here. And one of those things is, you know, very obvious that we're intergenerational, that we're family integrated, and all our kids are just running around all over the place all the time, which we love. Thank you guys for being amazing. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so there's a lot of cool things that we love about our church. And one of the things that we are going to be talking about today is prayer and how we pray together, what it means that we value prayer. And obviously, you know, maybe that's obvious that in a church you would want to pray. Um, but we want to emphasize that we very much value this thing that we do called prayer. Um, and I'll talk about it some throughout this time together this morning. But really, this is like a true privilege that God has given us that we can pray right? Like you, right now, as a believer, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you've been restored to a direct relationship with your Father in heaven. You can talk to your dad in heaven anytime you want about anything, and he's there listening to you. And so we're talking about prayer and what that means to us uh, today. So so the first question I have, I got a couple questions, and then we're going to walk through praying together. The first is this, why do we pray? Um, and we're going to look to the Bible for a number of things, and I'm sorry to pepper you with scripture, but there's going to be a lot of scripture. I've, I've got most of it, hopefully, on the screen here. Um, so Matthew 6, verses 5 to 7, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and, uh, and he says, when you pray, not, not if you pray, when you pray, Jesus' assumption for you is that you will pray. He's not saying uh, if you pray, he's saying when you pray. You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and street corners that they may be seen by others. Our prayer is not to be seen, right? It's not about being seen. Sometimes you are seen when you pray, and that's fine, but if it's all about that, then you've missed something. Jesus says, when you pray, and again, verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, pray to your Father who sees in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And again, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Why do we pray? We pray because Jesus assumed that we would. Jesus, in his teaching on earth, assumed that we would pray. Next, we see in Scripture that Paul instructed us to. Uh, Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Sorry for the smallness here. Um, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Anyone ever been anxious? A little bit? Yeah, okay. Jesus, (laughs) Paul says there's something you do about that. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So often when anxiety of life rushes into us, we start stirring about that which we are anxious about instead of going straight to our Father in heaven and saying, I am concerned about this. I am worrying about this. I am hurting about this. And God, let God's peace, which surpasses all understanding, come and guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious. Don't stay in that place of anxiety. Rather, go to the Father in prayer. Paul instructed us that we ought to, instead of sit in anxiety, go before the Lord 
in our time of prayer. Paul also demonstrated uh, prayer to us. Colossians 1, 9 to 10. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We have not ceased to pray. For Paul, this was a lifestyle. It wasn't just a, hey, pray for you real quick and then forget about you. It was constantly, these things were in his mind. He was praying for those he was interacting with. He wasn't just concerned about the things he was anxious about, but rather he was concerned about those he was ministering to all the time. We have not ceased to pray for you. Paul demonstrates that this is a continual action that we do. Finally, again, sorry for the small text, I meant to split this out, but uh, we pray because it's effective. It works. We don't understand how it works, actually. I have no idea. I don't pretend to know how this thing works, but listen to this from 2 Corinthians 1, 8 to 11. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despised of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on, behalf, on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Okay, so Paul is in a completely other country, writing to this people in Corinth and saying, you also must help us by prayer. He didn't say, you must help us by sending us some foreign aid. You must help us by coming over here and helping us with our mission. No, he said, you must help us by prayer. Somehow, your prayers in some other country for this, this, uh, my ministry in this place is helpful to Paul. We don't understand how that works. How in the world is our interaction and in talking to God in heaven effective towards something else on some other part of this planet? That's what the teaching is, right? God is constantly hearing our hearts cry and responding to those things and doing things in the kingdom for his glory. Whether it's bringing peace to Paul or opening doors or whatever it is, something is happening when we pray. Again, I don't pretend to understand that, especially in light of like God is sovereign and all this, you know, all these sorts of things. Like how are my prayers effective toward any end? I don't have to worry about that because God says it is. And so I just stand in the truth that it is effective and it does help other people, and I trust him with that. God answers prayer. Anyone seen any answer prayers in life ever? Yeah. You know it from your own experience that this is effective. We pray because um, Jesus assumed we would. We're instructed to. It's demonstrated that we should. We pray because it's effective. So we know we should pray. What do we pray? What should we pray? Right? What should we pray? Jesus told us, uh, told us, told us pre pretty plainly. I've got this sweet graphic. I'm really proud of this graphic. I'm really proud of this. Sorry. Uh, so some of you know that I, I like this uh, shapes discipleship model thing, and I've got this really good graphic. I'm really proud of myself. Okay. Jesus said, pray then like this. Right after he said, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, he's giving them the assumption, when you pray, Right? 
He teaches them how. This is how you ought to pray. And don't, like, memorize this and say, okay, I'm going to pray like this every single time and just get this repetition in my head that I don't even have any connection with. That's just religiosity, okay? It, I have, you know, it's good if you can pray this with a heart that is actually connecting with what it's saying and continue to pray that. This is the Lord's Prayer. You guys are very familiar with this passage, okay? But think of it not just as something you can pray by, you know, by, by uh, reciting and memorizing, but also a framework for how you pray. Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. How does Jesus start? He starts with the Father's character. He starts with who God is. I don't know about you, but usually when I pray, it's like, Lord, I really need you to come help me with X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, thank you for being awesome, bye. I mean, how many people start with what they need when you pray? Anybody? Yeah? You just start with my need. It's, that's our first, it's where we head to first. A lot of times in prayer, Jesus says, when you pray, start here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Remember, God's character. Who is God? He is holy. Hallowed means to be holy. To be set apart. Take time when you pray just to like, hey, God, like, you're really amazing. Uh, turns out you're holy and I'm still not. Uh, so, like, thank you for being amazing. Thank you for listening to my words even right now. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Next thing you pray for, again, we're not at your needs yet. Pray for the Father's kingdom. First, we submit ourselves to the Father's character. Next, we remember that uh, what do I want in this life? I want God's will to be done, not my will to be done. Above all the things that I know you guys and me, we all want to pray for, want to get before the Lord and ask for his help in, First, got to submit my own heart to what God wants. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Okay, and then w- once you have prayed and, and reflected on God's holy character, reflected on, uh, or maybe, maybe changed your heart posture, not really reflected on, but change your heart posture to one that is acknowledging that you care about God's kingdom first and not your own little kingdom. Then, give us this day our daily bread. God, give me what I need today. Interesting, he says, our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. How many of our prayers, your prayers and mine, are about something that's gonna you think is gonna happen in five years from now? Anyone been in that spot? <laughs> Lord, like, what if in uh you know two years from now this happens, and what if in three years from now this? And he's like, no, no. 
why are you worried about two years from now? Why don't you work on what I've given you today? You're not even promised tomorrow. So, Lord, thank you for your holiness. Thank you for the work of your kingdom. And God, help me with what I need today. Give us this day our daily bread. Exalt God for the provision that he has given us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Ask God forgiveness. Ask God for forgiveness. It's a recognition, right? We're, we're again seeing that God, you are holy and God, I am not. And so often that which is giving us anxiety and anxiousness is the harm that maybe others have caused us, right? We have to recognize that, hey, we too have some things we need to come before the Lord in and recognize, God, I am sorry for what I have done. And let God bring to reflection that which you need to forgive others for. Jesus says to pray through forgiveness. Reflecting on what God has forgiven you, that you also may be able to forgive those around you. Next, lead us not into temptation. So many things here, right? So many things that can get us off of what we've already just prayed. Right? We're praying for God's, praying about, we're recognizing God's character. We're praying for his kingdom. We're uh, praying for his provision in this day. We're praying uh, to seek forgiveness of those around us and seek forgiveness from God himself. God, lead me not into temptation. Don't let me be tempted to be anxious about what is coming tomorrow. Don't let me be tempted into uh, the sin that is facing me today. Don't let me be tempted away from your will and away from your kingdom. Protect me, right, from myself. <laughs> Guide me away from the desires of my heart that my desires might be for your heart. And finally, deliver us from evil. To be no surprise to you, there's darkness around us, right? Not only is there temptation that you could succumb to that is inside you from your desire, from your flesh, but also we're surrounded in a world of content and information that's coming at us all the time. Okay, protect me from that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus gives us a very clear framework about the things that we ought to be praying about and where our heart posture ought to be. So that's how we pray question is, how do we pray together? What does it mean to pray together? Because God says it, it's not just about your individual walk. God has changed you that you might be a blessing to those around you. And at, at Restoration Church, we value 
praying corporately. We do it every time we gather. Even on Sunday morning, we're going to pray together in a way that is personal and real. We pray together for a number of things, and one of the things that we pray together for is both a country and another uh, another church in our city. And and so as we gather as a corporate body, what we're recognizing in in corporate prayer is that as a body, God has called us to a place. Okay, He's called us to this place specifically, Clearwater, uh, but He's also called us to this earth too. And so our recognition in prayer together is that we want good for what God is doing in the nations and among this earth that we're in. And so as I was reflecting about this, I was thinking about uh, Jeremiah 29. And Jeremiah 29 talks through this time when the people of God have been taken captive into Babylon. And he gives them some instructions about how they are to have a heart posture for the city that they're captive to. Okay, So just walk with me for a minute. Jeremiah 29, 7. Seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. When we pray, we're not just praying about our needs. We're not just concerned about our needs. We're concerned about where God has us. He says, seek the good of the city that you are in. As we pray together as a, as a church, we're recognizing that we're together in this city. God has called it. What is unique about us? We're in the same city, and we love the same king. Our interests are different. Our life stages are different. All this is different about us. But what is the same is that we serve Jesus in Clearwater. And so our desire in corporate prayer is that we pray for what is going on in Clearwater. That's why we pray for a different church every Sunday. We say, God, you're at work here beyond our walls. Seek the welfare of the city where you live. See in Jeremiah 29, 11 to 12, that, that we unite our hearts with the heart of the Father. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. We're seeking God's heart. We're seeking his plans. The anxiousness that we feel so often is because we're caught up in our plans and not God's plans. God says to his people, I know the plans I have for you. And so as a church, as we gather and as we pray, we're seeking not our plans, but Lord, your plans. Finally, Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. It's very easy for us to treat prayer as this checklist thing and, and do it without any thought. But I encourage you that if you go to your time of prayer and you're sitting there with the Lord and you say, okay, Lord, you go down the list and like talk through all the things you pray for. Okay. Maybe even go through this list. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You get through that, right? And you're done. You're like, are you just like praying and then checking off and going on to your day? Or have you stopped to listen? Like to, st okay, got all your words out and that's good. And God wants you to come with all that you are and seek him and pray and cry out to him and all this. But have you stopped? And just listened. 
and sat in whatever silence is for you. Some t- you know, silence in seven kids' house. I don't know if, there's, if that's a thing. But, you know, whatever it is when it is as still as it's going to get, right? You, do you ever think about, like, living in, a, in the time of the Bible, like, when there's no windows? There's no glass separating your inside of your house from your neighbor's house. It's just, like, open window. Could you imagine, like, all the noise of people, not just like power lines and, and cars and stuff, but like people. You're like hearing people's conversations and what other people are doing. Like, is there quiet in a big city? Anyway, like, what is the stillness, the quiet for you? Okay, when you're done praying and you're sitting there, are you just listening or are you going on to your day? Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Have you stopped after you're done praying your concerns to the Lord and just listened? These are the things that we should challenge ourselves together with as a body of believers. To pray for the good of our city, to unite our hearts with the fathers, to seek his revelation many other things, to, to, bear his, uh, to bear one another's burdens, burdens Galatians 6, 2, 6, 2, bear one another's burdens, so, so fulfill the law of Christ. And finally, one of the verses that we build our kind of value of praying together off of again is uh, Colossians 1, 9 to 10, which I read a little bit of earlier. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Um, We've written out kind of a statement of what do we mean when we say we're praying together? What do we value? What are we saying we value? In light of all these things that I've shared, what do we say we value as a body of Christ? And it's this. As members of one body, we commit to pray for each other immediately and continually. I don't know about you, but it's very easy to say, I'll pray for you on that. And like, say bye. (laughs) And then, then never pray. So the challenge to us is we commit to pray for each other immediately, right? Pray for you, like, why share the request and then just walk away from the conversation? Stop and pray. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be drawn out. Just go before the Lord and pray. And then continually pray. Keep those things on your heart as long as God wants them to be on your heart and bring them, bring them before the Lord. We commit to pray for each other immediately and continually. In every gathering, we give opportunity to share things which can be prayed for. And we pray for it rather than only promising to do so later. We want to make sure that the, the, the thing that God has given us uh, that I think we can cherish the most is a relationship with our Father in Heaven. I do not want anyone to walk in this building with needs and concerns and frustrations and things they're going through and not be met with the prayer to our Father in heaven who is the only one who has authority and power to step into a person's life. Why, right? In our churches, do we walk in, hear some person give a lecture, and not engage people with prayer to our Father in heaven who wants to help us in our time of need? We commit to do this 
when we gather to go before the Lord in prayer. We believe that corporate prayer builds up the body in our faith in Jesus Christ and our hope in him. Listen, your journey with the Lord is a, is like, it's a journey, right? And it's not just in one flat plain in Kansas. It's like hills and mountains, okay? You're going up and down all the time. And at one point, you might be down, okay? You might be struggling. But your brother in Christ or your sister in Christ is on a mountaintop. And God has seen fit that that is that way. That we can come before each other. And when I am full of faith and you are in a valley, I can come before the Father with you and pray with you and encourage you and strengthen you in the Lord. Corporate prayer uh, builds up the body in faith, in our faith in Jesus Christ and our hope in Him. It directs us back to where our hope should lie. Finally, we believe that Praying during your church service is part of discerning the body ahead of taking the Lord's Supper together. After we pray together, we're going to enjoy communion together. And, and part of what God, uh, what we're asked to do in Scripture is to discern the body. Like, understand it. Like, go before the Lord in prayer. And are we in a right heart posture before the Lord to take of his communion and, be, and recognize what God has done in his body and in his blood? So I challenge you with this as as we finish up. Um, pray. <laughs> so simple. Pray. Just pray. You know, we got to pray just to make it today. That's MC Hammer, anybody? Favorite theologian? Um, it's one of the greatest privileges that's been purchased for us at the cross of Jesus Christ is prayer. That we can come before the Father, righteous and pure, holy before him, and come before him in our time of need, and he will help us. So pray. And when you pray, don't pray for your desires only. Don't be stuck in your list of concerns and things. Recognize who God is. Recognize what he has done for you. And ask him, just as Jesus did in in the garden before he goes to the cross. He is saying, not your will, but my will. Or not my will, but your will. Whoa. Yikes. Not my will, but your will be done. Right? Right? If Jesus is there struggling with this as a man in the garden, how too would, should we also ought to struggle in that way? Go with our desires before the Lord and say, I do not really want to go through this right now, Lord, but your will, not mine. Seek the Father's desire for you. It might not be easy to hear what God wants you to do. And finally, pray beyond yourself. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray together, okay? Recognize that this world doesn't revolve around me, right? We're so, it's so easy for us to only see our problems and our things that are going on and not realize what else is going on outside of us. Pray not just for yourself. Pray for those who are around you. Commit to praying for the body of Christ. We need it. We are in a journey that has ups and downs, and we need to be reminded in prayer, through prayer. Again, I don't know how it's effective, but even Paul is saying, it's effective for you to pray for me from far away. For the ministry that is here, it is effective. 
how much more so for the brother or sister that you are serving alongside in this city is it effective for you to be praying for them? Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ that they too might weather the storm that they are in. I'm grateful that we are in a church that knows each other's needs. We are not unaware of what everyone is going through in this place. And I'm grateful for that. And so don't forget to go to the Lord in prayer about those things. Intercede on behalf of your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Lord, we're so thankful for the opportunity you give us to pray. God, it's so easy to get uh, distracted by sounds and smells and feel and temperature and and kiddos. It's so easy to be distracted by uh, the things we're anxious about, uh, the, the plans that we have. It's so easy to get distracted. But you say that if we seek you, we will find you when we seek you with all of our hearts. So God, we pray for strength to set aside every distraction and be tenacious about coming before you in prayer and asking for your will to be done in our lives. God, give us the right posture when we approach your throne. Help us not do so in some flippant manner. Help us recognize that you are holy And that you purchased this opportunity on the cross for us that we would come before you boldly. Help us, God, to set aside our will and our desires and seek your kingdom in our hearts and on this earth. God, help us to thank you for your provision to this day. So easy it is to see all the things going wrong and miss the multitude of things that are going right. Help us recognize your daily provision for us. Give us hearts of forgiveness that forgive in a way that you have forgiven us infinitely. All the desires of my heart, Lord, are wrong. And so I thank you that you have forgiven me even still and made me right through Christ Jesus. Help me extend the same grace to my kids, my wife, my coworkers, my friends. Guide me away from temptations. 
steer my path clear of things that will tempt me. And protect me from every evil thing that comes against. In Jesus, evil has no claim on me. And so cast out all evil attacks in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you that you give us the precious gift of prayer. And pray that you would continue to bless us with that as we continue this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.